2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you are an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9th. Visit acb.org for more information or register at https slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-DC-Leadership-Meetings. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon. I want to welcome everyone here this afternoon to our special event. We, our sponsor, the uh, hosts this afternoon are the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. That's now in its, I believe, 43rd year as an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind and is primarily geared for people who have limited vision, not necessarily legally blind, um, but maybe experiencing current, recent, or long-term low vision. And our other sponsor is Visibilities, which is a much newer group. It uh, is a program and Zoom call that meets every Friday evening and is also available on ACB Media One at 7 p.m. Eastern on Friday nights. And that's been going since almost the beginning of the pandemic. And I uh, welcome all of you this, e- this afternoon. And I want to move ahead right now and introduce our speaker for this afternoon's session, Gerard Williams, who's the 504 Compliance Officer for the Federal Communications Commission and a colleague of mine who has been doing a tremendous amount of work on the Affordable Connectivity Program that has been recently launched by the FCC. So welcome, Gerard. And I do hope that everyone can sit and enjoy and learn an awful lot from Gerard this afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you, Terry, for that kind introduction. I'm happy to be back uh, to talk to you all about another exciting program from the Federal Communications Commission, as Terry mentioned, the Affordable Connectivity Program. Uh, I work in the Consumer Affairs and Outreach Division, which means that one of my pleasures is to get to go out and speak to wonderful people like yourselves and get the word out about some of the important programs that the FCC has that could impact your lives or the lives of people around you. The Affordable Connectivity Program, or ACP, as we call it um, in the federal government, of course, we have to have an acronym for everything. Uh, The ACP is a new program as of this year, that is 2022. Uh, And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what the program is, who's eligible, 
and how people can apply for this program. But before I do that, I think it's in our best interest to give you just a little bit of context for this program. Over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, the federal government rolled out the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program. And in order to give you a bit of context for that, the acronym for that is EBB. This was a program that was rolled out in order to provide subsidies to people who were low income or who were otherwise adversely impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic to get access to broadband services. Uh, That program has now officially ended as of December 31st of 2021 and is now being superseded by the Affordable Connectivity Program. The Affordable Connectivity Program was passed as part of the infrastructure bill in 2021, and that affords $14 billion for a longer-term program that is not pinned specifically to the COVID-19 pandemic. So there are two different aspects to the program that I want to make sure that I'm able to cover here. First is what ACP is in and of itself. And second, I also want to talk a little bit about the transition from and the differences with the EBB, the Emergency Broadband Benefit, for anyone who may have taken advantage of that. So firstly, to talk about what the benefit is, the ACP is a program that is administered by the Federal Communications Commission that provides a discount on monthly broadband bills for qualifying low-income households. Uh, Those households that qualify can get up to $30 a month of a discount for broadband service and any associated equipment rentals that may come along with that. So the total benefit for the monthly service is up to $30 a month. Uh, If you are a resident on tribal lands and qualify, then that benefit is $75 per month. In addition to that monthly discount, there's also a one-time discount of up to $100 for a laptop, desktop, or computer or other device that's purchased through one of these participating providers. So you've got the monthly benefit that can be at two different levels depending upon where you reside, and then separately you have a one-time discount per household that can get you access to a device. How would you qualify for this program? Firstly, the qualification here is based on a household, not necessarily an individual. That means that there can be up to one benefit per household. The definition of household is somewhat material here uh, in that you want to – sorry, Rick, I'm getting a little bit of feedback coming through. It sounds like from your connection. Um, A a household is defined by uh, people who cohabitate at a residence, but who also share expenses. So that is a family who all resides at a single address and all share expenses um, or uh, or otherwise a, a unit of people who are all sharing expenses at that location all qualify as one household. However, if you have two individuals who don't share uh, their expenses who reside, then you may have two qualifying households, Uh, but the benefit is limited to one household. But that household entirely qualifies if any member of that household meets any of the following criteria. If any member of the household has an income at or below 200% of the federal poverty guidelines, or 
any member of the household participates in certain federal or other assistance programs like SNAP, Medicaid, federal public housing assistance, SSI, uh, WIC, or qualifies for a Lifeline phone, which is a discount on uh, getting connections to the telecommunications network and getting telephone service. You can also qualify if any member of a household participates in tribal-specific programs, like the Bureau of Indian Affairs General Assistance Program, uh, tribal TANF, T-A-N-F, or food distribution programs on Indian reservations. Any member gets a uh, received a Pell Grant in the current award year, that is a grant for paying for higher education, that automatically would qualify that entire household or someone who is qualified to receive benefits under free and reduced school lunch or school breakfast programs. And finally, any member of that household meets the eligibility requirements if one of those uh, folks is participating in their providers, their internet service providers, existing low income program, which presumably already has its, uh, its qualifications there. So there's a number of different ways that you can qualify for that program, but if you suspect that you may qualify for that program, the way that you would enroll in that program is by going to acpbenefit.org.org. That's acpbenefit.org. You can apply online there, or you can print out and mail in an application. And once your application is approved there, you can also contact your preferred participating provider to select a plan uh, and then have that discount applied to your bill. Part of that process at acpbenefit.org or via the paper application process is going to involve verifying your identity uh, and also verifying your eligibility. And you're also going to want to find a provider that is participating in this program. That is a provider in your area who is offering service under this program. And there's full lists of those providers available at acpbenefit.org. In order to participate, you have to both apply for the program and contact that participating provider so that you can pick your service plan and make sure that you're able to get your service set up. I do also want to flag for anyone who may be doing this that you are likely to see USAC, as as it's called in FCC parlance, but that's USAC, the Universal Service Administrative Corporation. This is the entity that actually runs this and other low-income programs on behalf of and at the direction of the FCC. So to the extent that you're seeing anything that says USAC, Uh, then you are in the right place and do not fear you are dealing with the uh, official representative of the federal government in this case. So you will not send your application directly to the FCC. You will be working with USAC to administer your application, and then you'll be selecting your, uh, your service plan directly from that participating provider. So, Now, we have some rules that were rolled out relatively recently for the ACP and things that we are doing specifically to protect consumers in this situation, right, where you're enrolling in this program with a provider, you're getting Internet service, you're getting a subsidy that's being applied directly to that bill with that service provider. And as I described earlier, not all service providers in all locations are voluntarily uh, participating in this program. 
But the FCC has rules to protect you, the consumers of this service, in this configuration. So we want to make sure that you as a consumer have the ability to choose a service plan that best meets your needs. So if you already have existing service, then hopefully you'll be able to work with your existing provider to the extent that they're one of these voluntarily participating providers to continue that service and simply apply your discount there. We want to ensure that regardless of your credit status, regardless of whether you've had problems with credit in the past, that you will be able to get access to this service because it's intended specifically for people with low income. We also want to make sure that providers are not able to exclude consumers who have experience in the past of having overdue balances or prior debt. We're not pre-prohibiting those individuals from participating in the program, and we actually will not allow for providers to screen you out based on those criteria. We're also proactively attempting to prevent consumers from being forced into either more expensive plans in order to qualify for the, the discount or to a lower quality plan in order to get the discount. We're also taking some proactive steps to try to reduce any bill shock. And bill shock, if you're not familiar with that term, is uh, the shock of opening your monthly bill or getting your monthly bill and realizing that it's far higher than you had expected. So we're trying to ensure that people are going to have some awareness of what their bill is going to be. uh, And they're not going to be surprised at the end of the month when the bill comes due. And further, you as an ACP recipient are allowed to switch providers and switch broadband services. You are, after all, a customer of the service, and we want to preserve your choice as much as possible. And to the extent that you feel like any of these things have not been followed in your particular situation, there is a dedicated FCC process for receiving complaints on the Affordable Connectivity Program. Uh, and the FCC will look into your complaint, get back to you uh, with uh, with some answers and hopefully get to an amicable resolution for you. Now that we've laid out a little bit about how the ACP works, I wanna talk about this intersection with the EBB, that is the prior program that ended in the end of 2021 and how that rolls over into ACP. Uh, those folks, who were eligible for the Affordable Connectivity Program will be automatically rolled over as of March 1st into the ACP under a few conditions. And I wanna explain a little bit of the context behind this decision first. So on the one hand, the FCC has every interest in ensuring that eligible consumers are going to be able to enroll in ACP. So if you were qualified under EBB and you will be qualified under ACP, we would want you to stay in the program. However, we also recognize that the benefit amount has changed. The EBB benefit amount, the monthly discount you get on your internet service was $50 a month. And the new benefit under ACP is $30 a month. That's the benefit for non-tribal lands. So you may be seeing a difference on your bill if you were prior to uh, December, you were enrolled in EBB, you may be seeing a $20 increase on your bill. So the question becomes, would you want to continue in the EBB uh, and ACP if you knew that your bill was increasing by $20? So... First of all, if your bill is not increasing at all, because you will not owe anything, even with the monthly amount changing, then you would be automatically rolled over into EUB. But we encourage uh, 
that anyone who has any question about how this might interact, that is you were, you were enrolled in EBB, you're not certain what's going to happen as of March 1st when the EBB benefit, that last $50 benefit month that we're in right now, February, has ended, we encourage you to reach out to your provider. Your internet service provider is already on the hook to be reaching out to you to get your either permission to remain in or your preference to leave the program. But we would encourage you to reach out to them affirmatively as well to figure out what's going to go on with your bill to identify what the amount is going to be so that you're not going to be surprised when you get that bill at the end of the month. Now, we are trying desperately to get the word out about this program. The ACP is a program that is, of course, very new uh, as a successor to EBB. Um, it does seem like it's a program with a little more longevity, but we are officially launching a new program here this year. And we are trying to make sure that as many households as possible, as many people as can use this benefit are going to be able to do so. So that's why we're uh, trying to participate in sessions like we are today so that we can help get out information about how you can enroll um, and answer any questions that you might have. We are happy to provide speakers at any number of events as much as we can. If you're interested in requesting a speaker at an event or for your organization, you can send a request to ACP speakers. That's ACP speakers, S-P-E-A-K-E-R-S at FCC.gov. And if you are interested in becoming an outreach partner, that is you represent an organization with membership and you want to help get the message out here to your members, you can send an email to outreach at FCC.gov. And we'd be happy to continue to work with you there. On our website, um, we have a number of different materials that are available there, uh, both consumer-facing materials that can answer a lot of your frequently asked questions, as well as an entire outreach toolkit for those outreach partners that we work with uh, so that you have some ready-built tools that you can use to do outreach with your communities. Uh, that includes everything from social media images to printable fact sheets and info cards and uh, videos and audio PSAs that are already pre-recorded. Um, I will put in a little plug here in my role as Section 504 Compliance Officer that to the extent that you need access to any of this information in other formats, that is you're looking for audio formats, you're looking for different formats, digital formats or Braille or what have you, that we are happy to take and process any of those requests I have a very diligent colleague who uh, works hard to produce all of those requests, and uh, we're, a, we're a great team at getting a lot of those things responded to. I'm not sure if anyone knows Terry Pacheco, but um, occasionally I'm able to call on her for a little support um, in these types of things. So uh, for some resources in terms of what you can do now, that FCC ACP Consumer Hub, that is the website that has all of this information collated on it, you can find it fcc.gov slash ACP. That's fcc.gov slash ACP. We also have a helpline that is maintained by USAC, the Universal Services Administrative Corporation. Um, and that phone number, if you're having any problems with an ACP application, you need some support directly there, that's 877-384-2575. And this again is the ACP Support Center at 877 
384-2575. On that website, fcc.gov ACP, you'll also find some links to our consumer frequently asked questions our consumer outreach toolkit. And if you're interested in applying, again, that website to apply online is www.acpbenefit.org. That's www.acpbenefit.org. If you're looking for some more information about ACP, you can always send us an email at the FCC at acpinfo, I-N-F-O, acpinfo at fcc.gov. And at this point, I'd be happy to turn it over to any questions. Um, Terry, unless there's anything else you'd like me to cover or, or some other things you'd like to discuss. Let me ask you one question, just for clarification. And that is the number that you just gave out, the 877 number for USAC. What I'm thinking is we have a lot of people who well, may not have internet access to go on to the website to fill out the form. Um, will that will they help someone actually fill out a form on the USAC line, or should that go to another FCC office like Disability Rights or something? Sure, that and that is an excellent question, Terry. Of course, this is the real challenge: trying to enroll people in a program for internet access who may not have internet access. So absolutely correct. Um, I will say that the unfortunate truth is that because USAC, the Universal Service Administrative Com Corporation, administers this program for us, at, on the FCC side, we actually cannot walk you through the application. But if you do need additional support with that application, I would say to call that number and to let the, the people on that call know. You can also email the acpinfo uh, at fcc.gov email if you're having any problems with that. Or you can certainly call, uh, call me. I'm happy to provide my FCC 504 phone number because we can follow up with USAC on our end to ensure that reasonable accommodations are being made to the extent that people need access to the application in an alternate format or another method. Um, I will say that I believe that participating providers also are able to help facilitate applications as well. And we're working to stand up uh, additional resources for those who can assist in person with completing applications. Uh, we're still in some of the early stages of that, but as that stuff rolls out, we're gonna continue to get our materials updated. And another question, thank you very much. And another question that I have been asked to ask you is how will this, will it, and if so, how will it impact if I am currently on Lifeline? Sure. Uh, the the question about, okay, so how this would interact with the Lifeline benefit, that is for individuals who may already be receiving the Lifeline benefit, is that the question? Yes. Sure. So if you already receive Lifeline benefits, you have to opt in with your existing provider or request to be enrolled in the Affordable Connectivity Program with a participating internet provider and choose uh, an eligible service plan. You can choose to receive the benefit from ACP with your current Lifeline service provider or another participating provider because Lifeline is one of the methods by which one can qualify for the service. 
Okay. I think the person that asked that is on the call today, but just to be on the safe side, I thank you very much on that. Now, on the the other, uh, I have three questions that people have asked about. Um, the next one was, can I buy a smartphone with ACP? As I understand it, from what you've said here today, is if you can get something for that's going to be under one hundred and fifty dollars, essentially. So yeah, that. So I will preface that by first saying that uh, different types of data and broadband connections are considered here. So if we're considering something like a mobile device, are you going to be able to get service via a mobile device that is wireless broadband service? And yes, that type of service does qualify to the extent that there is a provider in your area who is participating and offers that. Um, I will also say that not all providers offer a connected device benefit. Again, the participation in the program is voluntary on the provider's basis. And so some providers are offering only the service and other providers are offering the service and the device. So you will have to contact the providers in order to identify which provider is offering the device subsidy uh, and then to look at their suite of devices that they have on our website that lists the providers. And I'll look that up here in a second and make sure to get that link out to everyone. Um, but on our website that lists out the providers, we have them broken down by those that offer the device discount or just the service discount. And you will need to enroll with a provider to the extent that you're looking for a device discount, you need a device, then you'll want to narrow your search for providers into those that are offering the device discount and then look into what devices they have on offer. Because you're right that the, the benefit is limited in terms of the discount that you're going to be able to get um, on uh, the, the, the device. I'll also add that the service and devices are meant to be accessible to and usable by people with disabilities. So if you've got any problem as you're proceeding with enrollment in this program or looking at the devices on offer to try to identify something that's going to work for you, to the extent that you run into some barrier in that the equipment that is on offer is not accessible to you as a person with a disability, then we at the FCC want to hear about that. Uh, our disability rights office would be the place to go with a complaint like that, but you can certainly reach out to us at acpinfo at fcc.gov or you can email dro at fcc.gov. That's DRO for Disability Rights Office at fcc.gov. Thanks very much. And now I'm going to ask Allison, who is hosting with us this afternoon, to let everyone know how to raise your hand for a question. I see we have one up already. Uh, but Allison, can you just run over the control A's and all those fun Sure, I'll be happy to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you are, if you'd like to raise your hand and you're on a PC, you would press Alt Y. If you're on a Mac, you press Option Y. If you're on your smart device, the raised hand button is at the bottom of your screen in the very center. And if you're on a touchtone phone, you would raise your hand with star nine. And to mute or unmute, once I allow you to talk, you can, if you're on a PC, you would unmute with Alt-A. If you're on a Mac, it's Command-Shift-A. If you're on your smart device, 
The mute unmute button is a toggle located in the lower left hand corner of your screen. If you're on a touch tone phone, you would mute and unmute with star six. But before you can do any of those commands, you will need to make sure and press that got got it button for the recording if you haven't done so already. So now we can go with the raised hands. And our first one is Tanya. Tanya, you can unmute. to hear Zoom webinar. <clears throat> okay, can you hear me? Yes. yes okay. Um, yeah, that seems really, well, that sounds very exciting. Uh, I still really uh, don't know the name of it again. I mean, is it A-C-E? A is Apple, C is in cat, E is in echo? Dot, I mean, benefit.org? Yeah, great. Thank you, Tanya. And I appreciate that clarification. It's the A as in Apple, C as in cat, P as in Paul for the Affordable Connectivity Program. Uh, and that's A-C-P benefit, B-E-N-E-F-I-T dot org. Oh, okay. Thank you. Because, you know, I kind of like, you know, wrote the, um, uh, you know, the wrong uh, website address. So thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Our next raised hand is Lino. Lino, you may unmute. Okay. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Uh, I missed the bulk of this call because I was eating lunch. Thank God this is I think lunch just remuted you, Lino. <laughs> I think I did. I so apologize. I was trying to do something else. Go ahead. Okay. Zoom Web and AR. Am I unmuted? Yes, you are. All set. Okay. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no, I did want to. <laughs> sorry. I did want to make a couple of points of uh, clarification. Uh, for example, I am on what's called SafeLink. That's in California, North Carolina. I'm not sure what other states they serve. Um, I do want to tell y'all that you know if you're looking for a high-end phone you're gonna have to get shafted to the man and go to verizon t-mobile you know your big boys if you want that it's not going to work in this kind of a program if you have the acp and in conjunction with these low-cost carrier services a lot of these phones they sell uh for example they sell phones for a discount somewhere like 149 uh in lower and most of these are android if you're not familiar with Android and you're, you know, iOS fanboy or fangirl, well, this ain't going to work for you unless you are able to swap out your SIM cards, if they even allow you to do that. Uh, if you actually own one right outright, you know, bought it off the market from, you know, just, just the bare bones iPhone, not connected to anything. But, uh, and, you know, you're not going to get the latest and greatest as far as your Android operating system. It might be Android 10 or older. Uh, you know, that that's, that's a big problem right there. But for the sake of this conversation, uh, you're going to have to, purchase their phones, TCL, Motorola. There's a couple of other brands out there that some of these people sell for a discount. And second of all, I, a question I have is, um, are the big boys involved in this? Like, can you use the ACP for your charter spectrums, your Comcast, your other big guys? Uh, my uh, uh, Toco here, we have uh, fiber internet, and I believe they are taking part of the ACP, which is Kinetic by Windstream. They're only like in 16 states, so... We got like uh, one gig, gig, gigabit Ethernet down. Hallelujah. Uh, some people don't yet. But uh, will that will the, the big boys be participating in this uh, at some point or uh, now or later if they haven't done so? Thank you. Thank you for your call. 
Yeah, thank you so much for that question. Um, and I, I can say I appreciate that feedback about the models of phones that are available. Of course, there's going to be some limitations there, and, and we're sensitive to that. But we're always interested in hearing more about how the program is or is not working to meet your needs. And again, I would always emphasize that if any of those limitations in selection find <clears throat> themselves wending their way over to being an accessibility problem, then we would want to hear about that because there, there's it's one thing to offer a limited number of selections of phones, another thing to offer a selection of phones that doesn't include something that's accessible to people who with disabilities or who need access to assistive technology. Uh, on the question about providers, um, so I, I certainly have this website uh, link up in front of me here with the list of affordable connectivity program providers, but I will tell you it is a doozy. Um, so I would be inclined to refer you to, to FCC.gov slash ACP. Uh, and on that page, you'll find a link to look up participating providers. At that participating providers list, you've got every uh, state and also U.S. territories listed there um, with a list of the various providers for those areas. And I will tell you that some of the so-called big boys do participate uh, in the affordable connectivity program. Uh, companies like AT&T and Verizon are participants here, um, although this list is broken down again by state. So uh, without having looked through it 100%, I would be uh, hesitant to commit that every one of those providers offers the service in every one of those states. But I do see providers such as Comcast, Xfinity. I do see providers like uh, Charter Spectrum that are in this list here. So to the extent that you are looking for that information, I would send you to FCC.gov ACP. From that page, there is a link to look up participating providers, uh, and there you can navigate to your state list uh, and look through there. That is the same website on which you're going to be able to identify those providers that offer connected devices. That is the laptop, desktop, or tablet benefit in addition to the service. And also on that page, it indicates whether that provider is offering mobile uh, that is mobile internet connection, fixed internet connection, that is internet connection at your residence, or both. So all that information is available there, and you can uh, look through. If you're looking for some more information or detail about that, you can always certainly reach out to us at acpinfo at fcc.gov. Thanks very much. Beth will be coming up next, and Stephanie, you can get ready after her. Okay, Beth, you, oh, you're unmuted. Go ahead. Yes, I have a question about, um, I do him with SafeLink, and uh, he's right. They don't give you a lot of accessibility to droids you could you could use, and um, uh, I have to upgrade, but I, I would like to get a, um, a laptop, Safe from uh, computers for the blind or something like that, or, or maybe one that somebody is going to give to me, but I'm afraid SafeLink won't let me use it because uh, it might not be one of... They want you to use their own stuff, but then yet it's hard to talk to those people because um, as they tell you, they're under the umbrella of track phone, so like uh, my... My boyfriend owns a total wireless 
phone and like we ordered two last year that were supposed to be one was supposed to be a safe link and one was supposed to be a total wireless phone and uh, they're both total wireless phones and then they they still say well you can use you can use your um, your your total wireless phone with SafeLink, but yet uh, it's a hassle trying to get them to sell you a SIM card because they they don't want you. To, I don't know. They want you to buy a phone that, and then, like you say, there's not a like people have said, there's not really a phone you can use. Sure, uh, I, I yeah, I I can very much appreciate the the frustrations there, and uh, we've we've got a lot of complex working parts here in in this ecosystem. So the one dynamic is the ACP, the Affordable Connectivity Program, and getting that benefit. Um, to the extent that benefit overlaps with what existing service providers are offering. But then you separately also have the conduct of these internet service providers and your experience as a consumer. So you have a number of different rights as a consumer. Uh, you certainly have rights to get access to the extent you're a person with a disability that's trying to get access via assistive technology or other devices to access the service for which you are paying you have rights there that have nothing to do with the affordable connectivity program, but you do have affirmative rights there. And then you also separately have rights as a general consumer of the service. Um, so if you have any questions about that, those types of situations, that is, I'm trying to bring a device to my provider and the provider is telling me that they won't. Do I have a right to bring my own device? Can I bring my own device? Should I be able to purchase a SIM card from my provider? You can certainly always find a complaint with the FCC and the FCC will uh, make every attempt to resolve that complaint and facilitate the process of communicating with those providers. If you have a general complaint about FCC matters, you're going to want to go to consumercomplaints.fcc.gov. That's again, consumercomplaints.fcc.gov. You can also reach out to us by phone. And the phone number to reach for any of those questions or concerns about internet service, about telecommunications service, you can call 1-888-225-5322. And we'll be happy to look into the specifics of your situation to, to make sure that uh, we are on the right side of you and that you're getting all of the protections that you are entitled to. And what was that other phone number you gave? Uh, not the two two five one, but the the one you gave. And that's that's part of the problem too. Is that um, sometimes you can't get people to help you fill out these these applications. Like for SafeLink, one time when I was uh, renewing, and then they said, "Well, you you don't have to renew with us. You have to call the national verifier and verify that you're." renewed before we can uh, enroll you again and oh I don't know I spent the whole day on the phone doing that last year and it was awful sure sure and so it's, it's hard to make those people understand too because a lot of them are from the Philippines and they're like well isn't somebody with you uh, and I'm like uh, well uh my boyfriend that uh, does stay here, he doesn't read English. Well, um, 
I, I can't help you then if, if there's nobody with you to be able to help you read it. Yeah, so uh, mm. I, I will I will certainly say that there are obligations that any of your providers have to ensure that information about your account and your business with them is being provided to you in an accessible way, in a way that you can get access to it. Um, you can they certainly don't... reach out to that main phone number. I'll give that one more time. That's 888-225-5327. You can reach out to that number with either general complaints uh, or inquiries about telecommunications issues or issues you may be having with your provider. You can also reach out to that general number for complaints about accessibility issues. However, I will say we have a separate number and a separate email that focuses specifically on disability rights issues. That is in the Disability Rights Office or DRO as it's called. The email address is DRO at FCC.gov, and you can reach that office via 202, the phone number 202-418-2517. So concerns about uh, materials being made accessible to you in such a way that you're able to, to get access to them and understand them, to participate meaningfully in your service provision, uh, that's something that's important to us at the FCC as well, and we would want to make sure that we're looking into that to ensure that you're getting everything that you're entitled to. And Beth, I'll uh, just two, uh, two eight four five one seven. Beth, you know what? I'm going to put together a list of these phone numbers and emails, and I'll have it out. I'll put it out again on visibilities within the next couple okay. of days. And I'll yeah, get okay, that would work the for not only me, the but 888 number that he mentioned. The other way to remember it for us older people who remember the, uh, the letters on phones, that 888 number, if it's easier to remember, is call FCC. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it just makes it a little, I, I don't know, I, I tend to use, to remember name do that in remembering phone numbers, but we will, um, yeah, I, I will definitely put something together of those email addresses and phone numbers and I'll have it ready for visibilities. Hopefully this Friday, if not by next Friday. Okay. That sounds okay. good. Hey, Stephanie, you're up next. You can unmute. Well, let me try it again. Sorry. I think she is unmuted at this point, isn't she? <gasps> Stephanie, can you, you hear should... us? Yeah, I, for some reason, I can't allow her to talk. I hit allow to talk and then... I don't hear her, so. Yeah, because it says remove permission. At this mm -hmm. point, so she is allowed to talk. Okay. We'll give one more try for Stephanie. All right, I think we're going to have to go on okay. for now, but if we get a chance, we'll get back to you, Stephanie. 
Okay. The next one is Lisa. Lisa, mm-hmm. Lisa, Lisa. for Light Night. Yes. Hi, this is Lisa G. Um, thank you. I don't, it I might ask, be you. <laughs> hi, Terry. Um, could I ask a question about, um, I'm trying to get, figure out who to get a hold of in the FCC about television for Bluestream. Can I ask that question? Can I ask my question or is it only strictly between the AC, for this ACP? I would suggest that you hold off on it. Um, it just happens that we are going to, Council of Citizens with Low Vision International is going to be talking this Thursday night at 8 o'clock with Carl Richardson on audio description for TV. And we might be able to answer, you might get a faster answer that way. Thank you. I'm sorry. Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Okay. And Stephanie, you might want to hang up and come back and you might be able to... um talk again we can't we can't hear you i'm wondering the only other thing is i'm wondering if she might still have the got it up and the way to get rid Mm -hmm. of the got it is to do shift tab twice and usually that'll take you to the got it uh button that might help her with that okay otherwise um i think we're up to jerry hogan i think he's got a question for us okay Okay, Jerry, go ahead. You can unmute. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, uh, I came in late, so I'm not exactly sure uh, if I'm on the right track. But well, what's your now, question, and we'll see if we well, can. Well, I'm going. I'm going to. Okay. Um, I'm originally from California. Lived there most of my life. I'm now here in Texas, but California have a California Asset Telephone Service program, which is a very good program for people that are visually impaired with disability, uh, hearing loss, and, and other multiple purpose. And they do provide a service for, for that for free. And whenever they issue you a phone, uh, and if you break it a week later, they will ship you another phone. There's no limit on wh- how many times you use it. I don't know what they do with the service now being out, out of there for so many years, but living here in Texas, being a, I like to share that with two veterans that are server connected at 100%. The VA is offering uh, over $100,000 special adaptive housing grant for a veteran at no charge. They, I just used them this year, and they paid off $99,000 of my mortgage for me at no cost. So I, I was blessed there and for being a total 100% disabled vet. So I'm not sure if I'm off topic here, but I would like to show that for veterans that are not aware of these type of programs as well, too. Um, a lot of these programs consider if that based on what your income is too, as well. So, so I know a lot of us would meet, would not meet that criteria because of our income, and we would be treated just like any other people. All right. Well, it's good to hear from. Is that, Gerard? Do you have any 
anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that additional information. And of course, we want to ensure that uh, everybody who's eligible for any number of benefits is going to be able to take advantage of those. Any of those programs that were just described uh, would certainly not preclude you from from uh, qualifying for the affordable connectivity program. And in fact, in some cases, those may be considered uh, programs that may qualify you uh, for the affordable connectivity program. So I would encourage anyone who's looking for assistance, who's taking advantage of any existing programs, even if you think that you may be on the borderline or you think certainly this type of program can't be for me, I have already been paying for my internet connection. Uh, you could certainly go and see if there is a way that you qualify, then you should get access to this. Uh, and you can do that again at acpbenefit.org. Okay, we have another raised hand, and that is Richard. Richard, you can unmute. <clears throat> My apologies. Are, are, are we unmuted? There you are, Richard. Hello. Okay, two, two quick ones, if, if I could. First of all, uh, in the eligibility requirements, you mentioned, uh, I believe, 200% of the, of the poverty line. Uh, I wonder if you can give us uh, a, some ideas to what dollar amount that might be. And, and secondly, in terms of the benefit, uh, the benefits referred to as, as being up to $30. Uh, does that imply that it's on a sliding scale and, and depending upon your circumstances, some may get 10, some may get 15 or will, uh, how will that all work? Thank you. Sure. Thank you for that question, Richard. Really appreciate it. I'm going to take those in reverse order with the, with your permission here. So first of all, uh, the benefit may be up to $30. That is the, the government is not going to provide more than the cost of the internet service to the eligible provider. So let's say that your internet service is actually costed $20 a month. Uh, the providers are not going to receive $30 a month. They're going to receive then $20 a month. So my understanding is that there, there is not a reduced benefit or that is like a continuum of benefit based on how you qualify. If you qualify, if you're a person or household rather that qualifies not residing on tribal lands, then the benefit amount is $30 definitively, uh, no more, no less. If you qualify as a household on tribal lands, then the benefit amount will be $75, no more uh, and no less. As far as the poverty guidelines, um, the poverty guidelines depend on the number of persons in your household, at least according to uh, some of the information I have access to. But I think that we're looking at in the neighborhood of uh something like, uh, I believe, $12,880 is 100% of the poverty limit, as I understand it, for uh, one-person households in the 48 contiguous states in Washington, D.C. Um, and so then 200% would then be twice that amount or somewhere in the neighborhood of $25,000. Um, and again, I would encourage you, if you believe that you may qualify for the program, that you should be heading over to acpbenefit.org in order to uh, put together an application and, and see if you qualify. Thank you very much. That is all right, the raised 
Oh. Go ahead, Allison. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, no problem. Sorry. I, I was just going to say that that's all the raised hands we have at the moment, and we have about nine minutes until the top of the hour. So You are so efficient. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, Gerard, I do have a, I have a question. Um, I'm wondering, people who are living in uh, perhaps – well, there are two different scenarios here. Someone who's living in a senior housing complex um, where the internet is paid, who would be eligible if it's per household? Let's say that, all right, let's, let's do it this way. If you're talking per household, if you have a group home, for instance, where you might have six people living there through an agency and each of them have their own internet or their own uh, cable. Are they each eligible for it? Or does that depend on how the payment is being made maybe? Sure. Uh, so that's a great question, Terry, um, and and goes back to the definition of household. So again, recall the definition of household is not only that you cohabitate or that is share an address or residence, but also that you share finances. So to the extent that you've got individuals in a shared living situation, but who are not also sharing finances and assets, then each of those individuals is qualifying as a separate household. Now, with that in mind, uh, the benefit may be used in order to pay towards a shared bill or shared utility, as in the cases of multi-unit dwellings in which you have multiple households that are all sharing a residence. And in order to provide service to the residents, you have to have one central service, for example. And so this is, again, a situation where the question of how much of the amount of the benefit is going to be used towards that. So if you've got a, a, a monthly service that costs $90 and you have four households that have all qualified at the same residence, but all four individual households that have qualified in order to get the subsidy at that address, then a portion of those various benefits could be used towards that overall bill for that service address that everyone is sharing. So those types of situations are explicitly considered. And to the extent that you are not sharing finances with other individuals with whom you may be in residence, then you would be qualifying as an individual household. It's an excellent answer as well. Because I think, you know, especially with Older people tend to get into a, a, a different type of living arrangement like that, um, you know, be it senior housing or um, a group a group homes, that kind of thing. So I thank you very much for that. Uh, Allison, do we have one last? No, I'm just doing it now myself, actually. Not seeing any more hands mm -hmm. raised. I don't either. Um Gerard, could you, I'm sorry, I should have warned you of this in advance, probably. Um, could you give us, for anyone who's grabbed a sight and stylus or a pen and paper or a keyboard, um, could you give us a quick rundown of some of those, um, particularly the phone numbers, like for USAC, for assistance, and that before we finish off? 
Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to provide some of those resources. And Terry, if there's anything I can provide to you afterwards so that you could send that out, please let me know. I'm happy to support you. Thanks. With Just drop me a, drop me a, a, a list and I will take care of getting it. I, I know somebody who knows how to do Braille and such, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say the first number I'll give you is the ACP Support Center, the A Affordable Connectivity Program ACP Support Center. That is a phone number that goes to USAC, USAC, the Universal Services Administrative Corporation that administers uh, the ACP for the FCC. That phone number of the ACP Support Center is 877-384-2575. One more time, that's the ACP Support Center at 877-384-2575. If you're trying to reach the FCC with an inquiry or a complaint, you can reach the general FCC inquiry complaint line at 1-888-225-5322. That's 1-888-225-5322. Or as Terry taught me today, one eight 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 call FCC. So apparently there was a time when people used the telephone to make calls and receive calls, and sometimes could do that using alphanumerics. That was one eight 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 call FCC. If you have a specific disability complaint or inquiry, you can send that via email at FCC, or excuse me, at, at uh, DRO for Disability Rights Office, D-R-O at FCC.gov. That's D-R-O at FCC.gov. Or you can call area code 202-418-2517. That's 202-418-2517. And the last contact information that I will give out here um, is my own as the Section 504 Compliance Officer. So if you find yourself on the FCC's website, on the ACP website, on the Disability Rights Office website, or anything having to do with the FCC, and you find yourself looking for something in an accessible format or something that should be accessible to you as a member of the public, you can reach out to me via FCC. 504, those are the, the number, numbers, uh, numbers rather, FCC 504 at FCC.gov, or you can call 202-418-1505, and that will reach me, Gerard Williams, Section 504 Compliance Officer with the Federal Communications Commission. Gerard, I want to thank you very much for doing this presentation this afternoon. As usual, it's been absolutely fact-filled, a wonderful conversation with you. I know everybody at ACB has, as always, when can we have Gerard on again? <laughs> it's, um, you know, you, you've really created a great partnership between the FCC and the disability community insofar as ACB is concerned and CCLBI, Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. 
now as well. And I just want to thank you again for doing our show today and also thank Allison for hosting and our streamers. Today's program has been on Media 2 and it is will also it's also on media five i'm not sure if it's going to be on both tomorrow evening we're going to be doing anyone missed anything and wants to rejoin us tomorrow night we'll be on tomorrow night at eight o'clock eastern and with that i thank you all very much and have a great day and good luck with the acp program <laughs>